Thank you for downloading this STEM.T4L podcast. This episode is a summary of the STEM.T4L Term 1 report, improving students' 21st century skills through the STEM.T4L project. My name's Matt Johnson. I'm a research assistant with the STEM.T4L team. The evaluation report was written by our principal researcher, Dr. Rosie Zadinia. The STEM.T4L project was launched in 2018. It's a relatively new initiative that's part of the Technology for Learning, or T4L, community. And you may have heard of this project by its former name, STEMshare Community. In STEM.T4L, as it's now called, schools across the state are able to borrow kits containing a range of new and exciting educational technologies. For example, there are virtual reality kits, both handheld and immersive, where students can explore virtual worlds with VR headsets, or produce their own VR content using 360-degree cameras. We have robotics kits that teach students how to code and how to engineer solutions to real-world problems. And there are 3D printing kits where students develop their design thinking skills, moving from ideation to software-based design, and then troubleshooting as they bring their creations to life. So over the next 45 minutes or so, I'll be taking you through our Term 1 evaluation of STEM.T4L, We'll start with some background literature on 21st century skills and STEM education. Then I'll describe the research questions and methodology we used in evaluating the project, and then onto the findings of our research. If you'd like to have the report in front of you while you listen, you can find it online through the evaluation tab of the STEM.T4L Learning Library. Please note that all of our references and direct quotations can be found in the written report. In today's world, Student mastery of the three R skills, or reading, writing, and arithmetic, is no longer the main concern of most education systems. Instead, educators and policymakers are seeking to develop a set of competencies and higher-order skills so that students are empowered to surmount the challenges of our complex world. These capabilities are commonly called 21st century skills. They include problem-solving, critical and creative thinking, social skills and teamwork, and leadership. They're sometimes described as non-cognitive skills, soft skills, dispositions or attributes. Much has been said about why students need these capabilities. Some researchers argue that 21st century skills have a pronounced and long-lasting effect on different aspects of students' lives because they improve students' ability to learn, creating lifelong learners who are confident, connected and actively involved in education, society and culture. Others have noted that 21st century skills are increasingly demanded by the workforce. Individuals with enterprise skills like problem solving and teamwork have a higher chance of landing full-time work. In fact, the essence of 21st century skills is an emphasis on what students can do with knowledge rather than what units of knowledge they have. So students who are problem solvers can work independently They can take initiative, and they're not afraid to learn from their mistakes. These are the skills employers are looking for. The acquisition of these skills can be influential in students' development in the STEM fields. That's science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. For instance, some researchers found that 87% of girls interested in STEM also showed an interest in problem-solving, suggesting a close link between STEM and problem-solving skills. So there is a growing emphasis on cultivating students' 21st century skills and making education more pertinent to 21st century learners. 
Educational researchers have shifted their attention from why they should teach these capabilities and onto how to teach them. To this end, curriculum materials increasingly include skills such as critical thinking, problem solving, collaboration and creativity, and they assess these skills to capture how they are developed. Researchers from the Brookings Institute found that 86% of countries included these capabilities in education policy documents, 55% of countries featured them at the curriculum level, and 12% described the progression of the 21st century skills across age and subject groups. Effective pedagogical approaches have been employed to create authentic learning environments that can boost students' 21st century skills. Project-based, inquiry-based and problem-based learning are some of the most widely used methods. With problem-based learning, students draw upon a set of cognitive and social skills to define a problem, workshop different strategies and find the best solution to address the problem. Robotics education has been identified as a particularly valuable form of problem-based learning. Robotics can engage students in team-based collaborations while encouraging them to tap into their creativity and higher-order thinking skills. So, what approach has Australia taken to foster 21st century skills? Bill Lucas and Charlene Smith of the Mitchell Institute identified several signs that show Australia is aligned with this worldwide shift. For instance, Australia has included capabilities in the core curricula and learning frameworks, language is changing around skill development, and new capability frameworks are being developed across state and national borders. There appears to be greater participation of a broad range of stakeholders in the conversation. Lucas and Smith concluded that the Australian education system is well-placed to promote capabilities from the early years, through senior secondary schooling, and in post-school contexts. So there is an increasing focus in the Australian and New South Wales curriculum on the development of 21st century skills. And this is where STEM.T4L fits in. The objectives of this project are multifaceted. They include raising awareness of effective use of technology to improve student learning, supporting student capability to use technologies for learning, and building digital resilience. We've conducted research on different aspects of the project since its launch in 2018. This allows us to measure the impact of the project and to benchmark the outcomes against the objectives. And if you want to learn more about our earlier research, you can find our 2018 reports on the STEM.T4L Learning Library. For example, our research from Term 4 2018 showed that implementation of the STEM.T4L kits enhanced students' and teachers' STEM self-efficacy. In other words, it improved their perceptions of their own ability to achieve desired outcomes. In this study, we delved more deeply into the role the project could play in enhancing 21st century skills. We also investigated teacher confidence in implementing new technologies into the classroom. Our guiding research questions were, to what extent did STEM.T4L enhance students' self-perceived 21st century skills? Were there any changes in teachers' STEM self-efficacy beliefs from before to after implementation of the program? And to what extent did girls' STEM self-efficacy and attitudes change after implementation? In order to answer these questions, we used what is called a pre-test-post-test method, and these are often used in policy settings to assess the degree of change or improvement following a policy intervention. 
We sent surveys out to teachers and students at two points in time: a pre-survey, which was sent at the beginning of term one, and a post-survey, which was sent to teachers and students at the end of term one. So the first survey collected data on respondents' self-perceived skills and confidence with STEM technology before the influence of the project, and then we measured these self-perceptions after they had spent some time with the STEM.T4L kits. Across the pre- and post-surveys, we used almost identical questions. These were most commonly multiple-choice questions or five-point Likert scales. And we also included some open-ended questions in order to capture teachers' and students' opinions on the STEM.T4L project more broadly. The quantitative data was analysed through Qualtrics. Most of our analysis focused on the mean scores of the pre- and post-surveys. We also used a paired sample t-test to measure the statistical significance of these scores. In total, 152 schools participated in the pre-test surveys. This gave us an initial sample size of 2,151 students and 426 teachers. The design of a pre- and post-test evaluation means that you limit your analysis to the people who have completed both the pre-survey and the post-survey. We had a response rate of 35%. The number of students and teachers who completed our post-survey was smaller than those who completed the pre-survey. This meant we had a final sample size of 799 students and 150 teachers who completed the surveys before and after they had used the kits. So we'll start with the student survey, and these surveys were designed for students from years five to twelve. We included about twenty-four items related to twenty-first century skills. So again, that's creativity and innovation, teamwork and collaboration, leadership, problem solving, communication, and critical thinking skills. We based our selection around prior studies in educational research. We asked students whether they agreed or disagreed with a number of statements using a scale of one to five, where one means they strongly disagree with a statement, and five means they strongly agree. The higher the score, the higher students' self-perceived ability was. When we asked about teamwork and collaboration, for instance, we asked students if they agreed with statements like, "I learn a lot from others when I work in groups," and "I can contribute valuable information to the group I work with." Regarding communication skills, we use statements like, "I can communicate my thoughts to others effectively," and "I am a good listener and respect people's ideas." We gave them statements about problem solving, such as, "I try to find solutions to the problems I face," and "I try to understand why things do not work." So we had 24 of these positive statements that are indicative of 21st century skills. And we asked students whether they saw these capabilities in themselves. And the question is, was there any improvement in their capabilities from pre to post assessment? And could this suggest that the project had a positive impact? Starting with the pre-survey results, the lowest mean score or average across these statements was 3.41, and the highest was 4.18. In other words, 
between 51 to 82% of students generally agreed or strongly agreed with the items in the pretest. And if you're following on with the report in front of you, you can find these statistics presented on page 8. We observed a statistically significant increase in the post-test. The mean scores across all the items had improved after students had spent some time with the kits. The agreement level across the statements increased to between 3.45 and 4.28. For example, we asked students to self-assess their creativity and innovation. They told us whether they agreed with statements like, I can think of new ways of doing things, and I am not afraid to fail. And this aspect of 21st century skills is where we saw some of the highest scores in both the pre- and post-surveys. This suggested that students perceive themselves to be highly creative and innovative, and even more so by the end of the project. We often saw some subtle increases. For instance, in the pretest, 51% agreed that they could speak in public easily. In the post-test, this figure increased to 53%. In the pretest, 63% believed that they could communicate their thoughts to others effectively. In the post-test, this figure increased to 69%, which could indicate an improvement in these measures of students' communication skills. Another interesting observation was that the leadership items had the lowest average ratings in the pretest, for statements like, I like to be an effective leader in group activities. In the pretest, we had a mean of 3.75 across leadership statements, but by the post-test, this had increased to 3.88. We saw an increase across each of the leadership skills, and this highlights the positive impact the project is having on students' capabilities. In order to understand if these changes across the pre- and post-tests were statistically significant, we used what is called a paired sample t-test. This test takes your mean scores from the same population at two different points in time, and using your mean scores, sample size, and the standard deviation, the t-test gives you an idea of whether the results you're seeing are down to random chance, or if they are statistically meaningful. And our t-test revealed statistically significant results for the improvements we saw in students' self-perceived abilities. This meant that we do have evidence that the STEM.T4L kits enhanced students' 21st century skills. They provide a learning environment where students were thoroughly immersed in creating, collaborating, and working in teams. And this outcome mirrors previous educational research, which shows that 21st century skills develop significantly when students actively experience new learning situations. In particular, situations where they can exercise self-reflection, identify their strengths and weaknesses, make decisions, negotiate, and take on responsibilities. The STEM.T4L learning challenges are tailored to equipment like the virtual reality kits or the 3D printers, and these challenges place a strong emphasis on development of these skills. Through the group and class discussions and active engagement in learning activities, students connect, construct, and contemplate, as per the STEM.T4L objectives. Ample opportunities are also presented to students to self-assess and to give and receive feedback from their peers, and these opportunities facilitate self-directed learning. One of our research questions focused on girls' STEM experiences. Other researchers have discussed increasing the appeal of STEM for girls by creating learning environments that are collaborative and hands-on, encouraging creativity and practical applications. 
So we investigated whether if girls had these opportunities to be creative and collaborative by using the STEM.T4L kits, whether their confidence using STEM technologies would increase, and if this would then lead to more positive attitudes towards STEM. And the surveys were designed so this question could only be viewed by girls, and the data collected for this question was based purely on girls' responses. Five items were designed to assess girls' beliefs and perceptions around STEM before and after the implementation of the project. We asked them how they felt about some of the stereotypes around STEM and gender, whether they thought boys were better than girls at maths and science, or whether STEM and engineering careers were better suited to boys. In total, 1,050 girls responded to the pre-test survey, and 427 completed the post-test. In the pre-test, the mean scores showed that, at the outset of the project, girls participating in the survey reported lower STEM self-efficacy when compared with the sample as a whole. Only 50% believed STEM careers would interest boys and girls equally. At the conclusion of the project, there was a slight improvement in the mean scores of some items. For example, with the statement, I know I can be as successful as boys in engineering. However, the paired sample t-test suggests that the difference between the mean scores was not statistically significant. Or in other words, we couldn't rule out the hypothesis that the change we observed was due to random chance. A number of research studies have investigated STEM policy implementations and they have reported increases in girls' STEM self-confidence and their overall interest in STEM. But in our research, we did not observe any changes in girls' STEM self-efficacy that we can report as statistically significant. One reason for this observation could be the short duration that schools have the kits before sending them to another school at the end of term. Another explanation is the fact that some girls had limited opportunities to use the STEM.T4L technology. We asked students how often they used the kits, and the data suggested that only 32% of girls used the kits on a regular basis, or at least twice a week. 28% told us that they used the kits only once in the whole term. Increased access to the equipment, then, might be one way to facilitate greater familiarity with the affordances of this technology and a greater interest in the STEM fields as a whole. In the open-ended questions, some students told us they felt the kits were built only for boys, and this could explain some disengagement from using them. If we turn now to students' appraisal of the STEM.T4L project, we discovered that most boys and girls did enjoy the opportunity to work with the STEM.T4L kits. We asked students to rate the STEM.T4L project on a scale of 0 to 10, where 10 indicated the highest satisfaction, and the average was found to be at 7.49, suggesting that the majority of students were highly satisfied with the project. And we received a broad range of feedback for this positive evaluation. Many students reported that the kits were interesting and challenging, and they represented a new and fun way to learn. One student noted the integrated approach to STEM learning that the kits afford. I gave it a 10 because robots are really fun to work with, they said. It was fun because it combined with many subjects. Maths, science, technology, engineering, and it includes many more. Another student said, I have given this rating because it has helped me with coding. And another simply said, it gives you a break from literacy and maths. So you can see from these responses that the students appreciated how the STEM.T4L technology could develop particular proficiencies, such as coding, while also engaging them in content through a new mode of delivery.
A number of students also mentioned that they learned by following the instructions and online tutorials in the learning library, which conveyed an interest in taking ownership of their own learning. Regarding 21st century skills, students also pointed out that the kits gave them the chance to do teamwork and stretch their imagination. Some reported that the kits helped them be creative and encouraged them to think outside the box. One student told us, I gave the STEM.T4L kit a high rating because it had the ability to build anything we wanted. It gave people a new creativity none of us have ever been able to express. One student even said that using the kits keeps me calm when I'm stressed out. There were, of course, dissenting voices. Some students identified elements that they found frustrating or problematic. Technical difficulties were the main source of their dissatisfaction, which is perhaps unsurprising for a project that exposes students and teachers to unfamiliar technology. This included the devices breaking down and malfunctioning, pieces going missing, and the VR kit not having a strap or their vision being blurry. One student reported that, Working with the 3D printer was fun and interesting, but sometimes when I was using Tinkercad, things didn't do what they were supposed to do, and that made me frustrated. Other students told us about issues they were having connecting routers to VR sets, and at least one student was unimpressed with the technology itself. It doesn't feel realistic at all, they told us. Students were also generous in suggesting improvements. Some asked for modifications to the kits, and some put forward ideas for new kits entirely. For instance, a number of students pointed out that the VR headset needed a strap as it was hard for them to hold the headset. One suggestion was to give more examples of things each kit can create. Our kit only had a specific kind of robot that we could slightly modify, but we saw cooler and more interesting robots on the manual cover. A few students also mentioned that the equipment should suit varied tastes and inspire different ages and gender, such as appealing to girls or students with artistic interests. A few other comments suggested that we should make a kit for girls especially. We'll move on to the teacher's survey now, and this is on page 15 of the report, if you have that in front of you. 426 teachers participated in the pre-test at the beginning of Term 1, and 350 completed the post-test at the end of Term. We were left with a sample size of 150 teachers that had participated in both pre- and post-surveys. 84% of teachers surveyed were primary teachers, and 78% were female. We asked teachers to rate their knowledge of technology. 39% of teachers said they had above-average knowledge of technology, 47% had an average knowledge of technology, while 13% described their knowledge as below average. This finding could have a bearing on teachers' ratings of their broader STEM self-efficacy. Prior research in technology education shows that teachers' attitudes and perceptions of technology can be a predictor of the extent to which they adopt technologies in the classroom. In other words, if teachers are not confident in using new technologies themselves, they are unlikely to adopt them in their classrooms, and this could impact STEM education on a broader level. 
given that 60% of teachers participating in this research indicated an average or below average competence in using technology, it was worthwhile exploring the impact of the STEM.T4L project on the development of their overall STEM efficacy. We asked them to rate eight statements, such as, I can engage students in STEM activities, and I can help students who are confused about STEM subjects, or I am confident integrating technology into my lessons. At the outset of Term 1, the mean score of teachers' STEM self-efficacy was at 3.68. This means that around 40% of teachers were not ready for teaching STEM. However, all the mean scores of STEM self-efficacy increased in the post-test, and the total self-efficacy score increased to 4.0. 79% of teachers felt confident teaching STEM by the end of term. For instance, only 53% of teachers believed they knew how to expand their knowledge and skills in STEM teaching at the beginning of Term 1. By the end of term, 80% of teachers were confident that they knew where to go to learn more about STEM teaching. The lowest rating amongst the pretest items was given to the statement, I have enough knowledge to teach STEM, where only 44% agreed or strongly agreed with this statement. In the post-survey, this proportion increased to 63%, suggesting a major boost in teachers' confidence in their knowledge and ability to teach STEM. This increase was found to be statistically significant based on t-test results, suggesting an actual improvement in teachers' STEM self-efficacy after using the STEM.T4L equipment. Another interesting finding supports the notion that the STEM.T4L project had an impact on teachers' STEM self-efficacy beliefs. The study compared teachers who used their STEM.T4L kit more than three times a week and those who only used it a few times in total. We found that there was a substantial increase in STEM self-efficacy for the frequent users. For example, at the pretest baseline, 71% of teachers declared that they were confident integrating technology into their lessons. This figure increased to 85% for frequent users of the kits, but for less frequent users, this rating only increased as far as 80%. In other words, the more time they spent using the kits, the more confident teachers grew in integrating the STEM.T4L equipment into their classroom routines. This finding is supported by research that shows feelings of confidence are facilitated by using technology more frequently. So it's highly likely that teachers will experience a major boost in their competence and confidence in using STEM technology so long as they use the STEM.T4L kits more often during the term. Based on these findings, we can conclude that teachers' confidence in their own STEM teaching abilities were enhanced after their engagement with the STEM.T4L project. We saw a similar outcome in this Term 4 research in 2018, which also gave an indication of growth in teachers' STEM self-efficacy from before to after implementation. Teacher efficacy is positively associated with student achievement, and teachers with high levels of self-efficacy are more persistent, resilient, and better equipped to help students learn. By improving this aspect, we can expect an increase in the number of students who are interested in STEM and are more likely to pursue STEM careers. Staying with the perspective of teachers, let's now have a look at the specific factors that assisted them in applying STEM technology within their classrooms. We received a broad range of comments on these contributing factors, most of which related to STEM.T4L professional learning. For the majority of teachers, the different components of STEM.T4L professional learning work together to expand their knowledge of STEM technology 
and boosts their confidence in integrating STEM.T4L equipment. These PL opportunities included the learning library, video tutorials, online workshops, and face-to-face -face workshops. How-to videos accounted for 36% of PL, and learning library resources accounted for nearly 30% of use. These were the most highly used forms of PL. This finding provides further support for the key role that statewide PL plays in preparing teachers for STEM education and improving their STEM engagement, awareness and competence. Teachers told us they gained a lot from the visit of a STEM.T4L leader. One teacher said, Until I attended the face-to-face -face course in Wagga, I was really blind to what I should be doing beforehand. While another noted that they learned much from having a STEM.T4L expert attend school regularly for face-to-face. -face. Some teachers leaned more towards the online content, such as this teacher who told us, the STEM.T4L website contributed greatly as I was able to view videos and programs prior to receiving the kit. Others reported the combined value of face-to-face -face and online PL, with one teacher saying, We had a demonstration by an expert in the field, and the YouTube how-tos were also excellent. For some teachers, it was the school climate or the collaboration within their school that facilitated the implementation of the STEM.T4L kits. Teachers told us about collaboration and problem-solving they did with each other, while others noted the support they received from school leadership. One teacher told us, We had a staff member as expert who helped with professional learning. We discussed the project at stage meetings and got students to be mentors. So there's a nice example there of collaboration taking place at all levels of a school. Another teacher mentioned that, Support was given at school by releasing a tech expert every week using school funds to teach STEM lessons in every class across the school and also providing professional learning for staff. I could not have used the equipment without this level of support. All of these comments suggest that the combination of external supports, like visits from STEM.T4L leaders and access to the learning library, in addition to internal supports such as school leadership, are integral components to successful upskilling and confidence building in STEM education. For other teachers, seeing students engaged and enthusiastic was itself motivating. It was witnessing student participation with the kids that encouraged teachers to invest more time and effort into their own upskilling. One teacher said that the students' enthusiasm towards the robots and their willingness to share their learning with other students within the school is what prompted them to invest more time into using the kits. A number of teachers did note that their success with using the kits was likely due to their own prior experience or their existing confidence with technology. Some told us that before the kits even arrived, they had existing enthusiasm and self-efficacy when using STEM technologies. One teacher told us that, I was able to spend time experimenting with the equipment which helped greatly. Another said that they had a passion for integrating technology into learning. And one other teacher also reported that I had my own eagerness to incorporate it into my own lessons and I had to encourage some colleagues to give it a go. Some teachers also said these contributing factors were supported by their use of the professional learning and learning library opportunities.
In the survey, we also gauged the effectiveness of professional learning from the perspective of teachers in order to identify its strengths and weaknesses. And this is on page 20 of the report, if you're following. Since the launch of the project, approximately 15,000 teachers have participated in STEM.T4L professional learning events. The data collected through feedback forms at these events and through earlier research surveys showed that teachers' satisfaction levels have been at and above 85%. In Term 1, 79% of teachers who completed the post-test survey indicated that they participated in PL opportunities, and this included accessing the learning library and how-to videos, receiving one-on-one coaching, or participating in conference events. Out of 292 answers recorded for this question, only 52 involved face-to-face coaching, which might carry implications about ease of access and availability of face-to-face training. However, it's worth noting that in Term 1, approximately 5,000 teachers participated in PL events, and the data we're presenting in this research is based on the responses provided by 150 teachers that completed the survey. We compared the mean scores of PL items across the three terms that schools have been using the kits, which was Terms 3 and 4 in 2018, and Term 1 this year. We observed that over 88% of teachers had high satisfaction and appreciation of the resources and learning materials at their disposal. But whereas the mean scores of almost all items improved from Term 3 to Term 4, only three items experienced an increase from Term 4 to Term 1. The rest of them remained almost the same. So while we can't report an increase in this latest research, It suggests that teachers believe that the STEM.T4L professional learning has maintained the same performance over time, as part of a gradual movement towards successful integration of the STEM kits since Term 4. One statement we asked teachers to rate was, I collaborated with other teachers outside of my school on the STEM.T4L project. Agreement with this statement saw a very gradual rise. It was at 34% in Term 3 last year, and saw a modest increase to 40% in Term 1 this year. However, the open-ended responses reveal that the project facilitated collaboration between teachers. Teachers described how they initiated discussions either through social media or face-to-face collaboration during the course of the term. Sharing the kits provided the opportunity for teachers to exchange ideas and experiences, which often led to providing each other with technical support. Team teaching, classroom visits watching videos submitted by neighbour schools, hourly interaction in Yammer, reading through the Facebook group's comments, and asking the previous school for ideas, these were some of the ways in which teachers engaged in active and effective collaboration with other teachers outside of their school. One teacher said, I know teachers who had the same kit as my school, so I arranged to talk to them about how they used it, and we gave each other ideas. Another teacher said, I was able to work with the teacher from the school who will get the kit after us. We will continue our collaboration after this time, which points to future collaborations between teachers when the kits move on. One important thing to note is that 20% of teachers did not undertake any STEM.T4L professional learning. Not being aware of the availability of these programs, being time poor, having enough prior knowledge, having access to an expert, and learning by exploring were cited as the reasons. For example, one teacher said, I've not really had time at this stage to sit and engage in online learning. While another said, our school has an IT coordinator who helped me with my lessons. 
One teacher also told us, To be honest, I forgot what was available and I did my own internet searching. If we turn now to teachers' views on the effectiveness of the STEM.T4L project as a whole, we asked teachers to rate the project on a similar scale to the students. We used a net promoter score, which asked respondents to indicate their likelihood of recommending a particular program to other people on a scale of minus 100 to plus 100. A score above zero is considered good, plus 50 is considered excellent, and above plus 70 is outstanding. Term 1 teachers participating in this research gave the project an outstanding net promoter score of 72.3. This meant that 78% of teachers who took part in the survey can be considered promoters of the project. Most of the commentaries provided were favourable, and teachers cited different reasons for their enthusiasm, positive outlook and support for the project. Teachers noted easy-to-access resources, heightened student engagement, effective communication and the quantity of equipment. They said it was super portable and very easy to set up equipment, and that they had access to responsive and supportive leaders and excellent professional development. Some teachers focused on student engagement when rating the project overall. A few teachers reported that this engagement and enthusiasm was conveyed to them by students' parents, which suggests that the students' experiences and perceptions of STEM learning are being shared outside of the classroom. One teacher said, The skills students are acquiring are excellent. I love the collaboration, teamwork, creativity and perseverance that I'm seeing. Another teacher said, My students benefited immensely. They discussed it all at home. I had parents approach me so their child could show them what they had learned. The children worked collaboratively on their projects and were happy and engaged the entire time. Others noted the overall ease of use as a reason for giving the project such a high rating by saying things like, They were easy to use, did not require a teacher to have all the knowledge. Students easily figured out what to do and did it better than with teacher instructions. Again, the resources available to teachers were widely cited as a reason for rating the project favourably. This was often framed in broader economic terms, like the fact that the project enables schools' access to new technologies. One teacher said, Not many schools have the resources or the means to buy enough robots and VR to successfully and meaningfully incorporate these into teaching and learning programs. Another teacher noted the try-before-you-buy potential of this project. It gives a taster, low stakes with quick learning. There were also a number of teachers who offered some criticism of the project, as they faced challenges such as kits not functioning and being unsuitable for some stages, or a lack of collaboration and consultation with staff. While providing this feedback, teachers also made suggestions for addressing some of these issues. Some examples included, It took a while to get used to and then most of the term was over. We used the VR kits and had lots of kids feeling sick. One fainted, so maybe it's not ideal for stage 3. Another teacher suggested that the primary VR kit was flawed because it was using iPhones, which is incompatible with the content creation side of Google Expeditions. Therefore, the whole experience is not complete. So, as we bring this podcast to a close... 
Let's look at some of the conclusions and key findings from our Term 1 data. From a sample of 799 students and 150 teachers, we found statistically significant improvements in students' 21st century skills and teachers' STEM self-efficacy beliefs after they had used the kits. For students, the mean scores of all the measured capabilities increased from pre- to post-evaluation. This is for skills in problem-solving, communication, critical thinking skills, teamwork and collaboration, and creativity and innovation. An interesting observation was the development of students' self-perceived leadership skills, which had the lowest rating in pre-test, but experienced the highest increase in post-test. We can attribute some of these observed differences in these mean scores to the highly interactive environment that the STEM.T4L project cultivated. Teachers' commentaries also supported the idea that the STEM.T4L kits can increase student engagement and contribute to a lively, collaborative classroom environment. Therefore, our findings support the conclusion that implementation of STEM technologies can enhance students' 21st century skills. However, we didn't observe a statistically significant improvement for girls' STEM self-efficacy, neither did their attitude towards STEM change after using the kits. The pre-test survey revealed that girls had a moderately low STEM self-efficacy prior to the project, with half of the girls believing that STEM fields would suit boys better. The post-test results did not yield a statistically significant improvement, and the mean scores remained the same for STEM self-efficacy and attitude. The results of the teacher surveys demonstrated that exploring and using the STEM.T4L equipment contributed to an increased confidence and knowledge of implementing STEM technology. At the outset of Term 1, 47% of teachers rated their knowledge of technology as average, and 40% of teachers were not confident to teach STEM. This finding could suggest a close link between teachers' limited knowledge of technology and their low confidence in teaching STEM. However, an improvement in teachers' confidence in teaching STEM was observed after they had spent the term using STEM.T4L equipment and increasing their knowledge of technology. An average score of 4.0 indicated that 79% of teachers felt confident to teach STEM at the conclusion of the project. Interestingly, there was an even higher increase in teachers' STEM self-efficacy for those who had used the STEM.T4L equipment on a regular basis, or more than three times a week. 79% of teachers who participated in the research undertook one or more STEM.T4L professional learning programs, 88% of which had high satisfaction with their experience. A similar level of satisfaction was observed in the research conducted during the pilot and in Term 4 2018, suggesting that the STEM.T4L project continued to deliver high-quality, coherent and meaningful professional learning. Teacher collaboration had also improved across the duration of the project as a whole, Social media and sharing the kits appeared to facilitate an exchange of ideas and practices amongst teachers. And finally, 20% of teachers participating in the research did not make use of any professional learning opportunities. The main reasons for their lack of participation included not being aware of PL programs, being time poor, and having enough prior knowledge. So, what can these findings tell us about the future directions for the project, or for STEM education more broadly. Given the observed lack of improvement in girls' STEM self-efficacy, this research calls for developing STEM learning activities and challenges that provide girls with the opportunity to collaborate, to create things, and to solve real-world problems using STEM technology. 
This argument is based around prior research that shows that what attracts girls to STEM are collaborative learning activities that involve innovation, creativity, building things, and practical or real-world applications. This might suggest that girls need more time and more opportunities to engage in STEM activities, and that from this, the higher their STEM confidence and STEM self-efficacy, and the more positive their STEM attitudes will be. As far as teachers' professional development is concerned, teachers suggested professional learning was the main factor contributing to teacher readiness to implement STEM technology. But they also identified the contribution of other factors, including school climate, their own knowledge, confidence and passion, and students' active participation. So in addition to effective PL, school leadership is central to creating an environment of support and collaboration amongst teachers, particularly given the technical difficulties they might face. In other words, STEM integration cannot be treated as a standalone work. It inevitably involves an equal engagement of all the parties involved in the school. Teachers, too, need to be fully on board with the idea of STEM integration, to appreciate and acknowledge the contribution of STEM education and be engaged with upskilling and improving their own knowledge of STEM technology, because there is no doubt that teacher enthusiasm, knowledge and confidence transfers to students. 20% of teachers who participated in this research did not undertake any form of STEM.T4L professional learning. Since its launch in 2018, STEM.T4L has reached over 1,206 schools across New South Wales. This might suggest communications regarding PL opportunities could be further improved to ensure all the teachers participating are fully aware of the opportunities on offer. Time constraints proved to be a challenge for teachers when it came to integrating STEM technology and participating in PL events. Being time poor takes its toll on teacher collaboration and reflection as well. One way to address this challenge is to offer adequate release time to teachers so they can meet with other teachers, discuss their STEM experiences, reflect, conduct planning and engage in available PL opportunities. There were a number of technical challenges discussed by students and teachers regarding implementing the kits in the classroom. 10% of students mentioned that they had used STEM.T4L equipment only once because of technical issues which, in some cases, remained unresolved for several weeks. Technical difficulties caused feelings of frustration and dissatisfaction across the two groups of respondents. One solution might be to recruit more STEM.T4L leaders on the ground to provide relevant and contextual support to teachers. This could lead to higher satisfaction and wider application of the equipment. How-to videos and learning library resources were the most highly used form of PL, while participating in face-to-face -face PL was slightly low. Although online PL appears to be more feasible and can address teachers' immediate needs, Teachers are encouraged to participate more in face-to-face -face learning as the collaboration that occurs between teachers has widely reported benefits. However, the low rating of face-to-face -face PL participation might also indicate that the opportunities offered were limited compared to online learning. As such, this research calls for more ongoing and long-term face-to-face and one-on-one -on -one PL support to increase teachers' knowledge and confidence in STEM technology integration. So that's it from me. Thanks very much for listening to this audiobook of the STEM.T4L Term 1 Report. Stay tuned to the STEM.T4L Twitter, Facebook and Yammer for more news about this exciting project.